Well, welcome. Today we're going to look at just one verse from Romans chapter 15 and verse 7. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring glory to God. Paul here is summing up some of the implications of the previous 14 and a half chapters. And one of those is that we accept one another. He's summing up the implications of his teaching on being united with Christ, of being forgiven, of being filled with the Holy Spirit, of living a life of sacrifice in terms of our worship as he says in Romans 12:1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And he, he lists a whole load of different um, subject matters, but today we're doing this one. Accept one another, then just as Christ accepted you. Jesus never asks us to do something that he has not already done. And I think that's important because sometimes we can feel our obedience to Jesus is, is, quite, is, is sacrificial in a, in a way that it isn't really. And uh, accepting one another, people who are different, sometimes you may think, oh, why should I do this? But Jesus has gone before us and Jesus has accepted us. And another way of reading this verse is just turning the two phrases um, around. So instead of accept one another as Christ accepted you, which can sometimes make you feel, oh, I've, I've got to accept people. It's almost law and legalistic. I've, I've got to accept people and you do it through gritted teeth. It's as Christ accepted you, accept one another. And, the, and part of the goal of this is to bring praise to God. Remember Jesus's great high priestly prayer about, the, about the, new, the new people on earth, his people. He prayed for us that we would be one as he and the Father is one. And part of that being one together is accepting one another. So it brings praise to God when the church is in unity. It brings blessing on the church when the church is in unity. So we have two motivations to accept one another. One is obedience to Jesus and the other is the opportunity to bring glory to God. Now, <clears throat> why does Paul write this to the Christians in Rome? Well, they were a very mixed, very diverse group. There were Greeks, Jews, Romans. There were new converts and there were old converts. In fact, Paul in chapter 16, where much of this part of the information comes from, he says the first convert in Asia is now with the Christians in Rome. So they, he was an old, old Christian and there were new ones as well. There were slaves and there were people who were free. There were rich, there were poor. There were those who'd been imprisoned for their faith and there were others who had never had to endure that trial. There were vegetarians and meat eaters. There were those who kept special days and others not. In our context, there were those who felt 
Easter sh should be a big celebration. It's an important day to remember. Christmas, an important day to remember. Pentecost, an important day to remember. There were others who said, no, every day is Easter day. Every day I can celebrate the rising of Jesus Christ from the dead. Every day I can celebrate God in the flesh becoming mankind. Every day I can be filled with the Holy Spirit. So there were mixtures. I suspect there were people in the, in the church, some who loved Marmite and some who hated it. There were many different backgrounds, nations, histories and social status. And as we seek to rebuild the community life of Open Door after over a year of not being together as one big family, but having a lot of the time to be in isolation, other times being able to meet in small, <coughs> excuse me, small groups, um, going for walks with individuals, as we seek to rebuild that open door community. We, we want to remember these words of Paul, accept one another. Lockdowns affected us all in many, many different ways. Some have been good and some not so good. Some have made us stronger and some have made us weaker. And as we work through how we feel, how we work through the changes that have happened over this last um, just over a year, we want to look again at Paul's words as Christ accepted you, accept one another. So how has Christ accepted me? How has he accepted you? Well, in Romans 5 verse 8, Paul writes, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He came looking for us while we were still far away from him. He came looking for us when we were not perfect. We're actually, we're in his sight, in the sight of God. We were, we were guilty. We, we were due punishment. But Jesus came seeking for us. We were guilty. We were disobedient. Many of us were living lives which um, completely opposed to God. Others of us have been born into Christian families and we, we wouldn't really know when we became a Christian almost because it's been part of our lives. And yet we've known that time when we've asked Jesus to forgive us and to come into our lives. Many of us were very broken people when Jesus came looking for us. Many of us were poor in our spirits and all of us were captive to the God of this world, being led astray by the great enemy of God. We were not perfect. We were not good. C.H. Spurgeon, the great 18th century preacher, said this, Christ did not receive us because we were perfect or because he could see no fault or because he hoped to gain something from us. Not at all. He carried our faults and sought our good. Jesus accepted us when we had no good to bring to him. Jesus accepted us when we had nothing except pain and suffering to bring to him. That's when Jesus accepted us. And this is perhaps the key to what Paul is after here. 
under understanding our acceptance before God enables us to accept others who are different, who are broken, who may be even still grubby from the world that they live in. We were not perfect. Now, some feel that more than others. Some people feel very, very imperfect. And if you gave them a pen and a big sheet of paper, they could list all their faults, no trouble at all. Others don't feel quite so imperfect. And uh, we're, we're, we're all different in the way that we see our imperfection. But God, but God accepts us all. So how can we help ourselves to accept those who are different, those who have differing opinions from us, those who we might feel, well, they're really struggling in their faith. I think there are several things. Firstly, what this verse encourages us to do is to look at how Christ has accepted us, to ponder, to meditate, to worship how God has accepted you to remember God's forgiveness, to go back to those first days of your Christian life and be stirred again. Hey, I've been, I was dead and God has made me alive. I was guilty and he's forgiven me. I was full of shame and he's washed it away and he's brought honour to me. And sometimes as Christians, we just get a bit used to the fact that Jesus has forgiven us. And it's good to go back to remember that we are only here because Jesus has forgiven us. Paul often goes back to that first conversion story of his, when he was on the road to Damascus and he was off to kill Christians and God met him and turned his life around. So remember God's forgiveness, his acceptance of each one of us. Remember that we are all children of God. We are one family together. We are joined to one another. And the Bible says, when one part hurts, we all hurt. When one part rejoices, we all rejoice. So if one part feels rejected, we all feel rejected. If one part feels accepted, we all feel accepted. We need to remember as well that we all have different histories. Some, some have had wonderful families that have brought them up, teaching them very early on about Jesus and his goodness and his love for the world. Others have had very traumatic lives. Perhaps we've come to faith late in life and we have a whole history of broken relationships, have a whole history of perhaps violence and addiction. We all come from different places. And how we re react to different situations will be affected by our histories. And it's helpful to remember that we all come from different places. You haven't lived my life. I haven't lived your life. We all have a different time of birth. Some of us have been Christians for 40, 30, 20 years. Others and and pray that in the future for Open Door, there'll be those who are a day old, a week old, a month old, a year old. They're still new, they're still growing, they're still grasping this sort of to understand truth. They're still walking out of the old ways of life. 
we're all in a different phase of life as well. Some are having to, <laughs> having to handle sort of multiple children at home, getting them ready for, to, to, to sort of go to any event. There are others, of, others that are, are single. There are others that are married. And in a way, none of those are perfect situations. We are waiting for a place in heaven. We're waiting after we die to go to the place that is perfect. Here on earth, there's a lot of imperfection. <clears throat> Next, I think we should look for the positives and celebrate the differences. It is great that Open Door has a broad range of people in age, in social background, in nationality, in ability. <clears throat> I'm particularly grateful at the moment. We've been, de been we're decorating the foyer and uh, I've, I've done my part to it. Stripped off some wallpaper I've, with, with Leslie. We've broken down a wall um, and generally I've managed to make a mess. Now, fortunately, we have Dougie who can now begin to make it look good. I'm not good at that bit. I can break things down. He is making it look really good. Differences. There are those who are technically very good, those who are musically very good, those who are creatively very good, those who bring a whole new cultural dimension to us. Let's celebrate those positives. Let's look to encourage and praise and provoke one another to doing good things. Let's speak the truth in love. You know, <clears throat> I read that the day I spoke on, I, the day I recorded this, I read that uh, in a week's time, we'll be able to hug one another again, apparently. And there are some people listening to this who'll be going, great, it can have a hug fest. There are others that'll be like, ooh, I've enjoyed this year. <laughs> No hugs, very, little very few people. It'll be nice to go back, meet a few people, but I'm not into all this hugging. We're gonna to need to be sensitive to one another. Before you go around giving everyone a hug, we're gonna to need to ask, can we do this? Is it okay? Just be sensitive to one another. We all need to mature in accepting one another but do not put the cart before the horse. If you struggle with accepting people, perhaps their different language, their different history, different way they dress, maybe even one or two areas where we disagree theologically even, don't grit your teeth and try and work it out. Don't make it a law on yourself. I must accept people. No, first, go back to Jesus and say, Jesus, you accepted me with all my faults, all my failings. You accepted me. Fill me with your spirit of acceptance so that I may accept others. I may be gracious out of the acceptance I feel in you let me flow with acceptance towards one another. Don't make this a law. Make it an opportunity for receiving from God 
the grace to accept one another as Christ has accepted us, and it will bring such glory to God. Amen. God bless.